are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every weekday. Alongside our Thursday co-host and the host of Locked On Wolverines, Isaiah Hole, I'm Nate Dickinson, and we thank you for listening in to Locked On Big Ten. It's your first listen every weekday. Isaiah, we thank you for joining us as always here on a Thursday. We've got plenty to talk about with you. But of course, we need to start with the big matchup for the state of Michigan last weekend. It was a Michigan State win over the Wolverines. So where are you at with what this Michigan team has going forward? We'll talk about where it is in the first college football playoff rankings in a second. Obviously, that matters a whole, whole lot right now. But with the game that we saw over the weekend, it's Thursday now, the week after. So we don't need to talk that much about what actually happened on the field. Things have already been discussed on that front. Where are you at going forward with your team? Well, I think that Michigan's still in a good position. Of course, it'll need probably a little bit of help uh, as far as if it wants to win the Big Ten or at least get a trip to Indy. But at the same time, I mean, they, they very well could get some. And Michigan State still has three big games left at Purdue this week, uh, and they finish out against uh, Ohio State and Penn State. So there's still a lot of room there. I, I'm still pretty confident in what Michigan brings to the table. It was this isn't to take away from Michigan state because, and people always say, you know, they, they've been, they've been criticizing me all week. Cause I'm, I'm like, this was all more about what Michigan didn't do, but at the same time, you know, you have to credit Michigan state for capitalizing. Cause Michigan state doesn't capitalize. They don't win. Uh, but uh, Michigan certainly had that game kind of in hand. Uh, I know with 16 points doesn't mean like that's an automatic win, but Michigan looked like the better team for about three quarters of the game. And then they started to look even Michigan made mistakes and Michigan state didn't, they played great. So it's one of those things where I think if, if Michigan can get some of these things cleaned up uh, from coaching issues to tackling to, uh, to just taking better angles, uh, especially when playing against an elite uh, running back, certainly they're going to see that in Travion Henderson in the, in week 13, uh, and just uh, being mindful of your keys, eye discipline, things of that nature. I thought they were better in past defense than they've been all year, uh, which is pretty awesome considering what Peyton Thorne, you know, we went into that game thinking Peyton Thorne and those receivers were going to have a big day. They did not. Uh, it was Kenneth Walker, who I think a lot of us thought one of the best rushing defenses in the country. He was going to get bottled up the way that uh, Indiana and Nebraska had. Uh, but uh, I, I think everything's still right there for Michigan. I think that when you look at the teams that they face, really Michigan should be 10 and one going into that Ohio state game. But I, as I always say, they play games for a reason. People like to get mad when you predict one thing and something else happens. And it's like, Hey, it doesn't just because I'm predicting it doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know, it's one of those things where uh, they play games, weird things can happen. This particular game, it was a certain confluence of events where any one single thing gets turned around. You know, if, if they call it a, a touchdown or keep the call of the touchdown from Aiden Hutchinson in the end zone, Brad Robbins punt situation, uh, a bunch of different little things that if they if they go differently, chances are Michigan wins that game. It's a perfect confluence of events. Michigan's got to figure out how to not let that happen. That's not it's not the first time we've seen that happen to Michigan. And it wasn't the first time we've seen it happen against Michigan State. So 
I think they're still in, in good shape, but they need to be able to figure out how to win a game like that against a rival. We know that they can win a close game. We saw them do it against Nebraska. Now it's just it's going to be a little bit harder against Penn State and uh, Ohio State down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, obviously the margin for error is gone for the Wolverines. Uh, you mentioned coaching decisions for a second there, Isaiah. I mean, I know some of what you're talking about. You mentioned it already a little bit, but was there anything else in particular that you were thinking going through that game about how either Harbaugh coached throughout from start to end or how a coach with that lead that you thought it could have or thought they could have done differently to uh, get what would have been, as you said, uh, any sort of kind of change that could have resulted in a win. There's a lot of way Michigan, a lot of ways Michigan could have won that game. A couple of ways, obviously it's, you want to be able to, uh, to convert when you get down into the red zone or even the green zone, you can't be settling for field goals in a rivalry game. You've got to be able to draw something up no matter what it is to convert on third down in that in those cases and, and not have to settle for a field goal. I understand. And you know, Harbaugh said, well, it was a time factor when it came to came to the field goal at the end of the half. No, it was, it was partially a time factor, but on top of that, I mean, it was fourth down when they kicked the field goal finally. So they failed to convert, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it would have been di- a little bit different if they converted and in that, you know, on first or second or whatever, and then still had 20 seconds left to be able to try to find the end zone. They didn't have that luxury. Uh, I, I'd like to see more creativity when it comes to, to that. We've seen that be an issue for the middle part of the season. Uh, I, I think that you need to, I understand you want to get JJ McCarthy playing time. I felt it hurts you in this game in the sense of when he fumbled the ball, which it was, they're, they're saying it was Blake Coram who did it, but still at, at that point, I, I wanted to see Cade McNamara finish the game. He had had a career day to that point. He had been doing about as well as you could expect in that game. I don't, and I understand he was in the medical tent and all of that too, but you, you, you got to stop rolling the dice with that at a certain point in certain uh, in, in during games, because you you're starting to get too cute. And when it comes to that, right, you're, you're trying to outsmart a team when you could just as easily outplay them. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, I think that they need to start trying to figure out how they want to settle that going forward. And then obviously the defensive substitutions got, they burnt, got burnt a few times when MSU went hurry up. They have to understand, Hey, we cannot substitute. If they're not substituting and you see them get to the line, sorry, you don't have time to substitute. You, you've got to figure out what, you know, how to get your personnel to work for you. Even if it does seem like it's a mismatch, that's going to happen. But the first time the offense substitutes, that needs to be it. You need to figure out how to substitute only when the, uh, Offense is substituting. Well, Isaiah, as a result of the loss, Michigan ends up at number seven in the first college football playoff rankings. We're going to talk about all of those top 25 rankings in just a minute and where the Big Ten stands with all of it. But uh, number seven for your Wolverines after a loss, I, I mean, I, I'd have to imagine that's not too bad for, I mean, again, a team that did just lose its first game last weekend. Yeah, and I think that it's what it is, what it's doing is it's setting up saying, hey, Michigan went out and you're probably going to be in considering, I mean, I know Ohio State is outside of the top four right now, but you've still got some of these teams like, you know, Alabama and Georgia are going to play each other and most likely in the SEC championship, MSU who's in there, they've got to play Ohio State and Penn State and Purdue, like I said, 
Michigan wins out, it's got a really good shot now at number seven at this stage of the game. So it's it's an important uh, it, it's it's important that they were placed there rather than ninth or tenth. I mean, granted, uh, I always think back to 2014 when Ohio State in the first rankings came out as number 14. A lot can happen between now and then. So uh, I, I think that it's a great spot. Uh, it showed that considering that they were number six in both the polls uh, before the college football playoff won, uh, the week going into Michigan State, uh, they really essentially only dropped one spot. Uh, they're more respected by the playoff committee than the AP and the coaches poll, which have them as uh, ninth and 10th respectively. So I think that, that that tells you that, hey, you know, that you're not being faulted too much for a loss to a team that's currently considered the number three team in the nation. Uh, and I think that's also credence, again, the perfect confluence of events. Michigan was controlling that game until it wasn't. So it's uh, that's not a knock again. I just want to make sure people know it's not a knock on Michigan State. But that's that's how the game went. And uh, I think that the committee certainly saw that and said, if we're going to put Michigan State at number three, we can't really punish Michigan too much for losing to them, not the way that it did. So it's just a matter of take care of business and you've got a really good shot at uh, reaching all your goals. Well, the committee showed some love to the Big Ten pretty much across the board. We'll talk more about that here on Locked On Big Ten with Isaiah Hole, our Thursday co-host here in just a minute. Today's Locked On Big Ten is brought to you in part by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get healthy, tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there for you. I'm loving it. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten, Isaiah Hole from Locked On Wolverines in with us. Be sure to make Locked On Wolverines your second listen of the day after you're done here with Locked On at Big Ten. We're talking a little bit of college football playoff with Isaiah before we got to let him run for the day. Isaiah your Wolverines are number seven. We talked about that team already. They're in a good spot. A lot of Big Ten teams are in good spots after this initial ranking. Michigan State, three. Ohio State, five. You go down. Iowa down at 22. Wisconsin, 21. Minnesota, 20. Right, we'll get to the top first. Let's start there. That's a lot of differences from where the AP has those teams. You mentioned Wolverines up higher than what the AP had. I, I This may be the most variation I've seen from the playoff poll to the AP poll in like the first week since it started maybe I'm trying to think back but that's that, that's not worth thinking too much on right now but anywho where are you at with where those big 10 teams at the bottom stack up and more importantly how it's going to impact stuff at the top because it really does help out teams uh, like an Ohio State to have a team like that Minnesota squad up there yeah I think uh, Ohio State obviously is just a matter of if they again if they take care of business they're going right. to be in, that there's no question about that uh, but uh, when you look at team like Wisconsin, I think it makes sense because people have been hating on Wisconsin, but who was Wisconsin lost to? It lost to uh, Penn State, who many thought was a good team. It had obviously the aberration against uh, Illinois. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, they played Ohio State really close, which I don't think many people expected with the way that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, things had gone up until that point. But, uh, and then Notre Dame and uh, Wisconsin lost to Notre Dame and Michigan. So, it really it's it's losses have come to two teams that are in the in the top end of the uh, college football playoff rankings and then a Penn State team that has uh, had losses to Iowa and uh, <coughs> excuse me I'm sorry had losses sorry. to had losses to Iowa and uh, and Ohio State aside from that Illinois game so Iowa 
still getting a lot of credit, of course, too, you know, with uh, what it's been able to do. Although it, it's, it's kind of, again, setting up, even though it's down at the bottom, it's setting up that Iowa-Wisconsin matchup, who's going to end up winning that one. Uh, it, I, I think that people are seeing, even though they're not ranked yet, because they're also five and three, they don't have, uh, they have a couple losses that aren't as good. Uh, Purdue is probably obviously getting some respect to some degree for obviously beating Iowa, but Wisconsin beat Purdue. So, uh, and uh, Minnesota, I think obviously is deserving as well, despite the fact, again, the Bowling Green loss, if they hadn't lost to Bowling Green, we'd be talking about Minnesota a lot differently, but it, it's a team that's really coming together. So, uh, it makes complete sense that that's uh, that all that those teams would be ranked. I was wondering if there would be more of a shot for teams like that to be in the top 25 compared to Houston, SMU, some of these teams that really don't play anybody. Cause that's the danger when you have a conference that's as loaded as the big 10, everyone beats up on everyone. We've seen the sec get this type of respect. It only makes sense now that the big 10 is getting similar respect at the moment. I want to ask about that. I want to ask about some of those smaller schools too, because that's one of the most interesting things about this poll. But I want to ask about what you said about that kind of respect the SEC is getting in the Big Ten, getting a corresponding respect right now. There's been all sorts of the conversation about how Georgia and Alabama, the number of ways that both those teams end up in these playoffs. It seems like it's a probability at this point. Mm. Right now with the way things stand, Michigan State three, Ohio State five, Michigan seven. I feel like there could be a path where there could be two big 10 teams in this playoff still, but it's, it's a lot slimmer than before. And I'm trying to figure out what exactly has to happen for it to work. I feel like it's best case scenario, Michigan state and Ohio state go undefeated the rest of the way. And then there's, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I I'm not sure how that works. Do you feel like there's a path to that still happening? Because I did feel like when I saw those numbers come out that I had a realization that like, Oh, that may be kind of maybe been a pipe dream from the start. I still think there's a, there's a chance if, if uh, I think probably the best case scenario is if uh, Michigan state and, and Michigan are the ones that went out because yeah. Ohio state's already got one loss. I think that if there, there certainly Michigan state could suffer a loss to Ohio state and still be alive, but it, it certainly, it, it certainly might not be at that point, uh, just based off of the perception of Ohio state. So I think you Ohio state probably needs to, it, it, yes, it would have to lose one more time probably, or if, if Ohio state wins out and it's only, uh, and Michigan state's only losses to Ohio state, that, that certainly could be it too. But I think, I, I don't know, there, I've gone over this a million times. There's a million different ways. Michigan, wins out here and Michigan state wins out Michigan state goes to the big 10 championship. Michigan enters the, uh, the college football playoff likely as, uh, as, as the number four team, even though they, right. their only loss would be to Michigan state. I think that if you, they beat Ohio state, that could be enough, but would Ohio state, how far does it drop if it loses to both Michigan and Michigan state? So there are a lot of questions as to how that could work. Um, and, uh, I think that at that point too, you just want, you want uh, Georgia to win out essentially. Right. Uh, you don't want uh, Alabama to beat Georgia and that have be Georgia's only loss. Georgia has not no one coming up. That's going to challenge them for the rest of the year. So that's uh, really, you're looking at Alabama and the fact that they put Alabama up so high tells me that they are kind of primed to have them in the top four, essentially, no matter what happens, but we'll see. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough to see for sure. Isaiah Hole here with Locked On Wolverines is with us every Thursday. Uh, just a real quick sentiment, if you have anything on just, I mean, Oregon feels like I'm sure the team got a pity number four spot in this first poll. Cincinnati didn't even get the pity spot. Are you feeling like either of those two teams, like those fan bases have to just be like, what do we have to do? It's over, right? Unless other teams lose. Well, with Oregon, I mean, they have the head-to-head against Ohio State. That's the important thing, right? But you agree, but we, I mean, we talked about if Ohio State wins out, that's not going to matter. I mean, it might not, but that's more because because who Ohio State has to play, you know, that that's where Oregon doesn't have the benefit of the schedule. Mm-hmm. If Ohio State beats Michigan State and Michigan, then suddenly they have better wins overall, whereas Oregon can certainly fall right out because – and that's the same thing for Michigan. That's the same thing for Michigan. Maybe Michigan State's already up there, but that's the same thing for Michigan. And Michigan beats Ohio State. Certainly, you can you can make the argument. All right, well, Oregon lost to an unranked Stanford, but Michigan lost to number three Michigan State, depending on where Michigan State is, and number five Ohio State, depending where Ohio State is. So, mm-hmm. if it's if you can, it, it it all kind of also matters who you beat. And while Oregon currently aside from Texas A&M as the best win in college football, that, that, that could get diminished depending on what some of these other teams do going forward. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of time still to talk about all that. The conversation will probably be completely different this time next week when we talk Isaiah Holes with Locked On Wolverines every Thursday. He's with us on Locked On Big Ten. You can read his stuff over on Wolverines Wire, USA Today coverage of Michigan, too. Thanks, as always, for joining us here on the show, Isaiah. Absolutely. My pleasure. This has been Locked On Big Ten. I'll be back to wrap things up in just a minute. Locked On Big Ten is brought to you today in part by Built Bar. Built Bar has all the flavors you need for all of your protein needs. It's all of the nutrition packed into the bar that you're used to. Protein, no carbs, no sugars, only the stuff you need, none of that stuff that you don't like, but all the flavor that you love. Again, all sorts of flavors over at BuiltBar.com. They're putting out new flavors like every few days this month is something to try and get you interested and get you over to the site. So head on over there, look at what they've got. And again, if you try out the service, use the code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the place to go for all of your protein needs. Everyone over here at Locked On loves the Built Bars that we get. Hey, Nate Dickinson here again. Thank you, as always, for tuning into today's show. Tomorrow, Matt Sheehan is in to break down bets from all around the Big Ten this weekend. Not a, a big slate as far as just the marquee games that we've seen around the conference all year. That'll be coming more as the games continue in the rest of the season. But still got plenty to talk about with Matt. You know he'll have plenty to discuss with us on the lines, over-unders, all that kind of stuff like that. That's coming up with Matt tomorrow. Here on the show. I'll be back, of course, tomorrow as well as we wrap up the week. Thanks again to Isaiah Hole for joining us today. Thanks you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Now head on over to the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen of the day.